Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Views from the Bench podcast. This is now episode six. Uh, I'm here with our boy, Patrick Savidio. Patty, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. We're in the AM here still. 11.55 is our first ever AM podcast. Yeah, we're usually the PM boys, yeah, but today yeah. we're trying something different. <laughs> Wake it up nice and early for this one. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about um, being a team leader and a, and a solid team guy and what you can do uh, for your team, both in the locker room and on the ice, to uh, improve the team around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we're going to be talking about Kuznetsov and the whole cocaine situation, as far as what the NHL could do as well. And we're also going to make picks for the regular season. So we're going to start off with the Central today as well. Uh, great division, lots of good teams in there. Solid division. So we haven't told each other our picks yet because we want it to kind of be a surprise. But uh, yeah, so that's what we have in store. Patty, you want to kick us off here as far as... Um, yeah, I mean, we could start off with being uh, how to be a team leader and be a team guy. Just on and off the ice. Mm-hmm. And I think that really starts from off the ice, away from the ice. So the leader's got to be, he has to show from example. It doesn't have to be like a rah-rah guy who's always in the room hyping the boys up. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have to be that. But there are variations of guys. And I think a leader comes from, he's first, like, one of the first guys at practice or at weight room training. Uh, first guy uh, at the game and stuff like that. And he has to be really approachable. So guys are, feel comfortable approaching him all the time. And they're able to talk about the situations with him. Right. And when they're at the team practice and the workouts, this guy, he has to go 100% every time. There's no days off with this guy. Mm-hmm. That's how it shows you're a leader. Even on these, like, some guys don't feel like working out, but you look over and see that guy's giving 110%. You feel like, you know what, I don't want to be the guy who lets everyone down. I want to I wanna be just like this guy and uh, put in 110 just like him. Right. And I think that really helps being a leader. And within the game time situations, leaders don't really get down. They want to bring everyone together, bring the boys together, and just kind of lead as an example. So he's getting 100 every shift, laying bod, doing what he does, getting pucks in deep, all that good stuff. Yeah. So How, what do you think? Well, I was going to ask you because you, were, you weren't the captain, right? You were an assistant captain? Yeah. You're, you're the captain of uh, your high school team, yeah. right? Correct. I'm curious, would you ever treat the situations differently? Like... Being an assistant captain, would you act differently than being an actual captain? Honestly, I don't even think a letter should determine how you act. Right. You so just think it should be similar I, all the way around, right? It should be similar because I know when there was times I wasn't, I don't have a letter on my jersey. I still put in that same effort. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I think it's just the A kind of rep or the C represents that you could talk to the ref and you have some sort of leader like ownership in the locker room about how guys address you and everything but Mm -hmm. as far as your work ethic goes i think it still has to be consistent with or without a letter no matter what yeah and then that way when like the coach makes the decision yeah there it's it's pretty much an easy bet right for sure um what what i was also going to ask you is like would you say anything in particular in particular when stuff would go wrong or stuff would go bad as far as a leader standpoint would go like would you step in and, and say something or would you like you said lead by example or you know make a big play a big hit what would you do yeah i'm not much of a, like a vocal guy 
Mm-hmm. But uh, that's surprising. <laughs> yeah, I sit around on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, no, there there was a time there we we lost like a game, and then the all the captains and assistants came together, and we kind of told the coaches we want to have a, a closed door meeting just with the players. Okay. So I guess that's where we kind of created our own meeting. We took it upon ourselves. So we closed the dressing room door. Uh, the captains and assistants kind of started the whole process and we went around the room just to address a meeting about the loss and everything. So that, I guess that was a vocal standpoint mm-hmm. and maybe an intermission, you say a few things, but not really. Yeah. Like, that's not really like my sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, you, so you're more of a guy that just make a big play then. Yeah. I, I guess where I would go is like, I would go pretty hard in the dryland training and practices. Like I would treat it as a game. You have to go put my full effort in no matter what. And in game time situations, I would try to like go hundred every shift. Right. Like insane. Uh, just right to the wall. Uh, I'd really stick up for my teammates. And I think that really helped in the situation of me becoming a leader where I'd always stick up for guys, uh, hard on the puck all the time, mm-hmm. back checking hard. I don't really float or anything. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that's kind of where I started and that's where I saw my own game. Yeah. So would uh like what would you kind of recommend to any younger players that they're not really you know they're not uh they don't have really the social skills to maybe step up and say something yeah. or they're not even confident enough in themselves yet to really you know feel like they're a leader what what do you what would you recommend yeah, to them Yeah I mean you don't have to be a Mark Messier type of guy who just Barking in guys' ears in the dressing room, yeah, you know? Yeah. But I think the most important thing is to show your own dedication to the team. You have to show that you're dedicating to get yourself better and the team better every day. So that means going to practice and going hard in the drills. So going at a fast tempo. Also within the games, uh, don't take a shift off. Every shift, four check, back check, paycheck you yeah, know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> didn't sign a ticket but uh you just got to go 100 every shift that yeah. will show that you're dedicated and that you're you're willing to improve to get better and also from away do your own stuff work on your shot on your own work on your stick handling mm-hmm. any sort of thing that you personally work on work on that on your own time and that shows even more dedication when you come back to the rink and see the whole team and it shows your improvement and your commitment right so that would be your advice to younger players, obviously. Yeah, to, for sure. Especially when they're like they're not comfortable, right? For sure. Now, where where do you see, um, like if you were a coach, what would you probably look for in a in a younger player as far as what they, like the qualities that they would yeah. have? Would it still be all the same stuff, or would is there something in particular that you think sets apart uh, someone? I, I kind of want to see how the guys interact with each other mm-hmm. in the dressing room and when they're working out and stuff. Like, I want to see how everyone reacts. I, I'm not looking for a big personality or anything, mm-hmm. but I'm looking for guys who are engaging with the other guys. Like, everyone's kind of talking with them and they're kind of showing them the ways. And with On the Ice, I'm looking for a guy who's willing to put the team before himself. Right. So this guy is going out there. He wants to he wants to block the shots. He wants to take a hit to make a play. That sort of thing. He's doing all the team stuff necessary to get better. That's what I would look for. Yeah. All right, so I guess that kind of... We can tie this into uh, the Leaf captaincy. And I know we're going to talk about the Leafs a lot. And it's because we're Leaf fans. And we live in Toronto. But... Um, 
like you said, being a team leader is all those things that we said in the last segment. Yep. Now, considering all that stuff, and we're obviously not in the room, who do you think should be Leafs captain? Morgan Riley. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right okay. now. Why? Because this guy, Saul defenseman, he should be a Norris candidate. You know? I he agree. Be. Yeah. He is a solid guy. He takes the media scrums like a champ here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. He's always involved. He logs 20 plus minutes of ice time. Right. Plays in every situation. He's been here from basically the beginning. Even yeah. Since the early dog days there. Yeah. He's been here. He's grown with the team. It, it seems like the guys love him. They're always talking about Mo and stuff. Yeah. And I think, just from what I see, that he should be captain. 100%. I've kind of opened up to the idea that he should be captain as well, too. Um, the only reason I'm hesitant is because it's like a number of things, right? One, I not that this matters at all, but like the last time the Leafs had a, a captain... He was also defense, and it wasn't. I know, I know, don't, don't I know. Don't even get me started about Fanoff. <laughs> I know that was a not Brian even Burke scheme, not even comparable. But what I'm saying is, the biggest thing is Matthews is the franchise. Do you agree or not? Come on. Yes, to an he's, extent. A, he's the franchise. He's the first to overall pick. He when he was drafted, the whole team turned around, and he is literally the franchise. Now he's up in five years. So if you don't give him the captaincy, and let's say you give it to Morgan Riley or John Tavares, what do you think that does for him as far as when his contract's up or when he, you know, signed the ticket for eleven point six? Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is, if he's if he's the captain, actually, it it probably wouldn't even matter anyways because John Tavares was the captain of the Islanders and he still left. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But you you still think that Matthews isn't the captain of this team. He's the leader? I don't think he's the leader. I think he's an assistant captain, 100%. Yeah, he's an okay. Captain. I, I can get behind that, yeah. But he is not the captain. That is my opinion. And he's I... Just, he's just too... He's just young. Yeah. He doesn't need the added pressure in this Leaf market. No. He did, doesn't need well, that. Well, did you listen to what Dubas said about the captaincy there? Where he was talking about, like... They want to make sure they pick the right guy because they know how much pressure have or how much pressure is on these guys when you know shit hits the fan. It, he will be eaten up when the if the Leafs like underperform. Yeah, he will. Do you really up. want that to be that no. guy? No, it's 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 not like it's there's no need for that. Yeah, but if he was if he's as good as everyone says he is, and if and if he's like if he's as highly touted. As we think he is, he should be able to handle this. No, he should, but <laughs> I I don't see a need for him to handle that. I don't see the need for him to put that pressure on his shoulders. I kind of see like you know, given the assistant captain, he's still a recognized leader on the team. Yeah, and he doesn't have to worry about having the C on him all the time mm-hmm. and being under that spotlight where he could just go out there and perform every night. Yeah. He doesn't have to worry about coming back in the room and answering a thousand questions. You're kind of convincing me. I'm not going to lie. Because you know Cater doesn't have, even have a letter. Do you know that? Like, Kate, like And he's, he's, he is the yeah. leader there. Yeah. But he doesn't have a letter. There's so many guys. Like, yeah. From what I think. I mean, you give Morgan Riley the C, John Tavares an A, Matthews an A, Marner an A. Oh, God. 
Okay. Yeah. And that's that's my um, recognized leadership of the Leafs. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Tavares being captain? Because I I would now that you you you've said all that, like I still I it would make sense for Matthews to be captain because he is the franchise and all that whatever. But you're right about the pressure because I don't think he'd be able to handle it, um, just because he is so young. But I think like a guy like Tavares or or Morgan Riley, like though like Tavares obviously already being captain and Morgan Riley he has handled the scrums and like the pressure fan like like an um, an absolute beast like he just he doesn't let anything bother him yeah right um but I think you kind of convinced me there I'm not gonna lie why you're going you wanted Matthews for this I, I yeah. Because he is the franchise, right? Like, but that doesn't. I know it mean, doesn't mean he needs it, to have the C and the pressure and everything. You know? Yeah. I. Uh, you know what? I think I'm. I think I'm probably leaning towards either Tavares or Riley. My, some people think Marner, but like, there's no, no way. No. No way. Not a chance. And it's not even because he's holding out. Like even before they thought Marner, but I don't know. He just doesn't like. No, it's the same situation with Matthews. What I would yeah, give too it young. to him, but um. It. Like you said, Tavares is a good pick as well. Mm-hmm. Like he's been proven to be a captain in the on the Islanders. Yeah, he's a leader everywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. He's a very serious guy, dedicated to the team, and and he is a leader. But I wouldn't give him the C, just because of how Morgan Riley has been here through everything, thick and thin. Yeah, he proves it with his play each year, and he's gone better each year. He has. He's he is like. At least the top five or maybe top ten. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I would give it to Morgan Riley over Matthews and Tavares. Oh, that's a good point. I think I'm I think I'm kinda leaning towards Riley now too. Yeah, so October first, <laughs> Leafs just need to make a press release. Morgan Riley announces captain and everything will be good. You're calling that? I want it. Like I think if they name Matthews captain, it's a mistake. It's a mistake, and wow. I, I will not be really happy. And why do you think it's a mistake? Because of all the reasons. I just think, like, <laughs> he's just, how, he's just too young. Why do you think, I don't know, Riley would feel when you name this guy captain? Yeah, right? It would, it would like, kind of be a slap in the face. It's a, you don't think of these things, but, like, how does it make him feel? Yeah. Everyone talks about, oh, Matthews is, like, hurt over this stuff. But, like, you're a rookie. Like, you've only been here for three years. Yeah. I mean, you're young. You Eat don't it. need that added pressure. Mm-hmm. You don't need that stuff. Like, you need to have that weight on your shoulders. That you need to answer a million questions after every game. Yeah. And do all that. Like, you don't need that. And that's why I think it will be a mistake if they name him captain. They need to name Morgan Riley captain. And none of this no captain shit. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I Like, that's bullshit. I know. There has to be a captain. For this team. It's too much of a storied franchise and there's, you need a, to have there's a lot of pressure. You need one guy that can kinda, you know, like bear the like bear the responsibility, right? 100%. So I mean I agree. I think you I think you actually changed my mind. Thank you. Which is pretty impressive because I was pretty dead set on Matthews for a long time there. And then I didn't start thinking about it till we till I actually saw that interview with Dubas. So it was good. Thank you, buddy. Oh, you're welcome. Guys, let me tell you about Empire Stags. If you know a guy getting married soon looking to make a little extra dough before his wedding, you have to check out Empire Stags. Known for its number one customer service, beautiful hostesses, and professional gaming experience, you will have the time of your life at Empire Stags, whatever your situation might be. 
Make sure to follow them on Instagram at empire.stags. All right. So now I want to talk about Evgeny Kuznetsov and the cocaine situation. The Birdman turned to Snowman. <laughs> you have been waiting for that one <laughs> for time, haven't you? Been sitting on it. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so I think, um, obviously a few months back when the video came out of him, you know, with the cocaine on the table and the whole situation there, it was kind of, it was a really awkward situation. And then he came out and he said that he's never done it or that uh, like he wasn't engaging in, in, in those activities. And then sure enough, he gets busted for <laughs> being positive with uh, testing for cocaine. So my thing is here, well, actually, I, I kind of want to ask you first, and I know you wanted me to go no, for I wanted you to give your tape first. <laughs> well, I just but... think they should probably test for this stuff, no? The NHL? Yeah, they have I to think test. So. I think they should test for this stuff. For any uh, illegal drugs, should be tested, I of course, think. yeah. But at the same time, though, if they do test, if they started testing for cocaine, half the, half the league would be wiped out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's... Well, there has, they have to start somewhere, and there has to be fines laid out. Yeah, I, no, I agree. Um, the reason why I say that, though, is because you always hear something like, you know, some, like, oh, my brother's cousin or knows this guy who does coke, right? There's always some story about a guy in the NHL who has an addiction or, or has something. And it, yeah. is a serious, it is a serious problem, right? Uh, and I think the only way that that stops is if they actually, like you said, start hammering down the law and start giving out fines. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Do you know if he's suspended, like, any games? He's or he not, just got, he just got fined? He's a four-year banned from WHF. Oh, okay, not that, that really... Not that I'm, I guess he just can't play in the world championships. Yeah. Couldn't even play in the Olympics anyways because there's no NHL players. But yeah, that would matter to him because he's Russian and yeah. But I mean, they're not going to the Olympics anyways, right? But yeah, can like for the world championships and stuff. Of course, yeah. So what do you think about it then? Do you think like there needs to be stricter rules? I think definitely the NHL needs to hammer down and do testing for all this stuff. And if guys come out positive, they need to at least lay down fines for these guys. Yeah. Especially if it keeps reoccurring, up the fines and even game suspensions. So what do you, why do you think the NHL hasn't done that already? I think it's because they think, they literally know that a lot of their players have a drug problem. And it, it would impact tons of players. It would look bad from a PR perspective. Yeah, I think it would. It'd be like the whole baseball steroid scandal in the yeah. 90s and stuff. But they they need to do something about it. And I think it starts with... Cracking the law down on them. Yeah. So, like, I know this is, like, a hypothetical scenario, but... And, obviously, I, I, I really don't think they, that he does it, but, like, what if, like, Sidney Crosby got, like, booked for, for coke, right? Like, it, that's uh, a, that, like, it's a possible scenario. It is a possible scenario. Not that scenario. he would ever do that, I don't think, because he's at the top of his game all the time. Yeah. But, like, what if he does get busted? Like, how does that look on the NHL? Looks, it looks horrible. looks terrible. Right? And then, like, what if it comes out all, oh, like, Ovi, you know what I mean? Like, big yeah, guys like I, Matthews. Like, what if, what if all those guys... His nostrils uh, are huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could probably fit a fucking vacuum up there. But, <laughs> but like, seriously, if that's, a, like, if that's an issue, it's, it's, it's a big PR problem for be. the NHL. Yeah. yeah. 
but you got to clean up the league if that is a problem. I don't think it is that huge of a problem. I don't no. think that many guys do it. I think it's got to be like... No, you can't, like, you can't obviously be addicted to it and do it that much and still... Like, be... you won't be in the league that long. No. But, like, you can't, you can't perform at that, yeah. that pace no. with that much of a drug problem, no, right? So, like, it's probably a one-off with these guys. I think he won the cup that year, too, right? Who? Kuz- uh, Kuznetsov. That was the year the... What? Was it? Yeah, the Capitals won that year. And he just tested positive now? Oh, actually, you know what? I think it was after this double IHF. Because he was yeah. playing. Yeah, and I think it's cocaine that um, stays in your system. Or actually... Uh, is it cocaine or marijuana that stays in your system? No, Probably, probably both. <laughs> no, like, but like what I'm saying is if he tested positive that day, it could have... Like, he could have literally just done it the other day. You know what I mean? Yeah, he could have. It's... Possibility, <laughs> and that's kind of like that's kind of fucked up, right? Yeah, and there was this story about <coughs> his, his name kind of just left me, but he's he's on the Marlies. Okay. Uh, he was he's played for the LA Kings, and he came out with a whole story about how he, he couldn't like before every game he would do cocaine. Uh, Kloon. Kloon. Yes, Clune. Rich Kloon. Yeah. Yeah, and he. I got, know he do it before every game. For every game. That's and where <laughs> i that's what i was thinking i don't know but also he got addicted to alcohol so he became yeah. an alcoholic yeah and i he came out he's like he didn't sleep for almost two weeks straight and he was playing that's crazy i he's like i don't know how i was able to get to games and practices yeah because he hasn't slept for two weeks and now i know he's like clean right? he's, he's clean. like he's like one of the most in shape guys on the marley's he's good. insane he's, shape yeah well, like, good for him, obviously, but yeah. that's, like, it's a real problem, right? Yeah, he it's rehabbed a... twice. Oh, twice? Yeah. I thought it was just once. Twice. Yeah. Like, that's, and that's the issue, right? You, especially with fighters. Like, fighters are definitely known to have some sort of drug addiction because of the, the way that they play and the lifestyle that they have to live, right? But I agree. There has to be some sort of... um suspension or some sort fine, of fine. fine suspension there needs to be something laying down so at least the league like throughout the league has to clean up yeah absolutely all right so now we're going to do the predictions uh for the central division patrick's very excited about this this guy's got if you can see he's got notes i have a whole notepad right here <laughs> i did research the night before yeah like okay. I, this is professional. This is professional stuff right here. Okay. And written notes in front of me. Yeah, I, like can't even read it. It looks like you went to class. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So lay I guess down. I'll lay it down. We're just discussing the NHL Central Division and our picks about where the teams are going to place and why. Okay. So I'll list it off right away. One Nashville Predators. Two Colorado Avalanche. Three St. Louis Blues. Four. Dallas Stars, five Winnipeg Jets, six Chicago Blackhawks, seven Minnesota Wild. What are your initial thoughts? You have Dallas at five or four? Four. Dallas and at you have four. Winnipeg at five. Yeah. Wow. I think. Oh, we'll get to you. Okay. Okay. We'll now you. go through your, your spark so notes I, here. I really this guy's think, got paragraphs. I really think <laughs> the Preds are. Have been a great team for a while, and I think they only got better with the addition of Duchesne. Right. Like in the offseason and everything, mm-hmm. they signed him. Elite top six forwards, Johansson, Duchesne, Forsberg, Turris, Granlund, all these guys. And on their D, they have Yossi, Ellis, Ekholm. And 
What, I, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm laughing at you. Because <laughs> you're like doing a live read, <laughs> but through your notes. Fine. <laughs> no, let, keep, let going. This year. keep going. <laughs> what I also found out last night in some dark research they have five <laughs> picks in the top three rounds for the 2020 draft. Okay. That's a potential trade move in the deadline where they could pick up an additional wow. guy. Wow, you really did your research. I did. I'm super unprepared. Okay, continue. It's all right. Yeah. I'm carrying the team right today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so that's a huge move. Like come February, they yeah, want to add a guy. They can unload some But do they have the picks. cap? Do they have the cap to unload? I have to look on that, but I, I would say so. Because, yeah. I mean, they unloaded... um. Well, they also picked up Duchesne, but they got... They got rid of uh, Subban. Subban. And not to mention they have Pecorine and Annette. Who's because of their cap, been, though. But Pecorine is falling off. He is. He they is. got UC Saros now. who's they, And yeah. we got to see if he can step up. UC Saros is, is good. But he's got he's to gotta show that he can play in the big games, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, just touching off uh, Colorado Avalanche here. I mean, their first line is Landeskog, McKinnon, and Rantanen. Yeah. And they added Kadri, which has great secondary scoring. I know. Could be a great addition to Mads that team. Mads is going to be great there. I mean, his physicality, and he he's going to score there because he's going to have way more opportunities than he did with the Leafs to yeah. score. Mm-hmm. He's a good touch, too. Um, They have some young demon. Gerard, Zadorov, and Kale McCarr. Zadorov? Zadorov. <laughs> I'm Don Cherry today. <laughs> you are. Okay, yeah. Uh, and Kale McCarr, absolute yeah. stud. McCarr, McCarr was great in last Colby year's class. Yeah. Uh, they also got the fourth round pick of uh, Byron. So Byron? we'll see if he steps up. Fourth round pick of... I mean, sorry, the fourth overall pick. Yes. Yes. Okay, I was so, confused there. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see if that ends. And what about uh, the Blues? So obviously, Stanley Cup champions. I mean, the Blues, there's, they just won the Stanley Cup. The great team down low. They lost Pat Maroon. Yeah. But Tampa picked them up. But I think they have a great overall team defense. Yeah. And they just might have that that like like that champion like magic, the, right? They just won the cup like that fires a team up. I mean, you can't rule them out. No, of course not. Especially when you just win a cup. Yeah. Uh then I went on to the, the stars and I just think the stars defensive top end goalie, Ben Bishop. Huge. He is. He is added, very good. They added Joel Pavelski. Okay. Which yeah. I think is a good pickup for them. Joel Pavelski and they got Corey Perry. Now, Corey Perry, he might, like, he is on the uh, the latter half of his career and he's kind of declining. But, like, that team in front of the net is a nightmare. Joel Pavelski, yeah. you saw that clip of Joel Pavelski yeah. tipping puck. Of course, of course. He's one of the best in the league in front of the net. Corey Perry's also a piece of shit in front of the net. Yep. And he's very. Garbage as far as batting and rebounds, mm-hmm. tipping pucks as well. And so, they have Jamie Benn and Radulov. Yeah, like that's a big physical team to go up against. And they're only, they were only one goal away from the conference finals. Yes. So, I, obviously, their key is uh, he- health, right? Yes. And with, especially in the goaltender position, Ben Bishop finds a way to get hurt a lot. And uh, it's, it's tough for them to stay consistent if their number one goal is mm-hmm. out. But actually, they have Kadobin, who was a sick backup yeah. last year. Very good. And, you know, I don't even, even have to make notes about the bottom three because yeah. I just think the Jets have, decre- like, they have digressed over these years, and I just don't see them coming back. I know. I have that feeling, too. And there's really no reason why. But, like, they lost Truba. And, um, <clears throat> like, the, the Cal Connor and Lining aren't signed yet. 
And their window was when they when they got swept by yeah. Earth. Was it did they swept by Vegas? No, they lost in five. I think. I think it was five. Yeah. Anyways, they that was their window that year. Yeah. And and unfortunately they they uh, they lost it there. So I I'm gonna is it okay if I say my picks now. Let's hear them. Okay. Number one, I'll go with the Preds. Oh, we agree. Yeah, I we agree there. Number that one, the Preds. You or was it always? No, no, it was always the Preds. Right. Uh, like Duchesne, down the middle, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Duchesne. Yeah. Uh, Johansson. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Um, and uh, tur- do they still have Torres? Torres. Yeah. Down the middle there, they're strong. And they still have... <laughs> they have Duchesne and Torres. Yeah. What a slap in the face to Sens fans. Honestly. Um, their defense is good. Again, their biggest question is goaltending. So we'll see how that mm-hmm. goes. But I still think they're a very strong team and that they're going to finish first. Second, I'm going to go with Dallas. Oh. Yeah. Dallas. Bold pick. Yeah. Dallas, I think, is... Uh, they have some good young defensemen too. Miro Heiskanen's gross. Yes, Klingberg is gross, and uh, uh, they also got uh, Lindell. Remember that that, yes. that he took? Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> he's still a solid defenseman, but yes. like they have him too. Um, obviously, like we said, the additions with Perry and Pavelski, I think they're gonna have a good season. So I think they're gonna finish second. Okay. Third is the Avalanche. I think Nathan McKinnon is just gonna keep becoming a beast. Uh, and obviously uh, Kadri with adding some secondary scoring. They lost Tyson Berry, which is tough. But again, like you said, they have some, for the Leafs. Yeah, they, they got some uh, decent young defensemen back there too. Their goaltending is a little bit... It is shady. Yeah, right? they got Philip Grubauer, but he still played well. Um, but that's kind of where I'm iffy at as well. Fourth, I'm going to go with St. Louis Blues. Uh, obviously because they're reigning Stanley Cup champions and I feel like they're going to sneak into the playoffs. Okay. Uh, their talent, like their talent level, isn't up to par as far as like where Dallas is or even Colorado. But I feel like again they play a strong team game. They're good defensively. Uh, Bennington, if he has the same season, if he could put up that season. Yeah, that'd be huge. He, I I feel like he's gonna kind of remind us of Matt Murray. You know, like how his career went. Like comes in like guns blazing. Two Stanley Cups. I, no, I don't think he'll win another Stanley yeah. Cup. But like. Same, like, trajectory, you yeah. know? Like, he might be very, like... Well, I mean, sick. there's nowhere to go but kind of down from of, there. Of course, right? But Murray's really gone down. Yeah. Like, he's not really a, a top 15 goalie. Like, he's like he's, had, he's struggled the last couple of years. Um, anyways, fifth, I'll go with... Uh, I think I'm going to go with Winnipeg. I, okay. I really... We, we agree there. I really yeah. wanted to say Chicago. I really did, but I still don't think like Corey Crawford's hurt. Yeah. Um, they just don't have enough talent anymore, right? Mm-hmm. They still have that young coach still learning. Uh, Winnipeg, they might fr- like depending on how we place the Central Pacific or not the specific the Pacific, then uh, we'll see if the Jets sneak in yeah. the last spot there, right? Yeah, so I'm gonna put them fifth, and then obviously. Uh, Chicago and Minnesota. Wow. So the bottom, the bottom three, Are we the agree. Yeah. We're the same, and we have Preds number one. Yeah, and then just the Avs and Stars are switched up, and I or the Blues as well. Yeah. Wow. Pretty dead on. Yeah, I'd say I want to see how it unfolds. I think we should go back to this at the we end. We should. We should. Yeah. So we'll we'll keep those marked down. Um, next time I'll bring my notebook and I'll make yeah, notes. Yeah, you want to do that. <laughs>
All right, so that pretty much wraps up episode six. Uh, again, thank you guys for listening. Patty, you want to drop all the handles as to where... Yeah, so you know where to find us. <laughs> if you haven't already done so, go follow us on Instagram at Views from the Bench. Yeah. And drop us a message if you want us to discuss about anything you want to hear. We will talk about it. Yeah, we'll also give you a shout uh, on the next episode as well too. So feel free to message us and we'll, uh, we'll definitely get back to you. Again... Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you at the next episode.